Hello friends, Brian Gailey, Klamath Falls News. Welcome to Ask Klamath. It's presented by Pacific Crest Federal Credit Union. And speaking of Pacific Crest, we have Chad Olney here in studio. He is the CEO of Pacific Crest. We're going to be talking about a whole lot of things involving finance and fraud and we're actually going to be talking cannabis on this show, if you can believe it. we got a lot of things we're going to be talking about, but before we get to that, Samantha, roll that intro. friends, Brian Gailey here, Klamath Falls News. As I said, Ask Klamath here it is season five. It's actually our finale episode of season five. Joined here today by Chad Olney. Chad is the CEO of Pacific Crest Federal Credit Union, uh, sponsor, presenting sponsor of Ask Klamath. I want to say, before we even get started, thank you for doing that. Thank you for being a sponsor of Ask Klamath. We couldn't bring the show to you guys without people to help like Chad over here. I want to give him a quick shout out and thank you for that. Um, little background. This is actually Chad's second visit with us. He was on episode eight of season two. If you want to check out a whole lot of other stuff, we, in that episode, we talked about kind of credit unions in general, what makes them different, what makes them unique, uh, your past, your background, along with a, a few other things. But before we get to all that, uh, I do want to go over Chad's background for those of you who are not familiar. Uh, Chad Olney serves as the president and CEO of Pacific Crest Federal Credit Union, born and raised in Southern Oregon, a graduate of George Fox University and the Atkinson Graduate School of Management at Willamette University. Did I say all that right? That's a big mouthful, yes. Yes, it is. perfect. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Chad gave me this bio, by the way, it says <laughs> in his not so free time, Chad has volunteered on numerous boards and groups uh, and serves the community on the Oregon Growth Board and the Oregon Innovation Council. Mm -hmm. Quickly, what are those two things? All right. So uh, the state of Oregon has a, uh, a division that's Business Oregon and Business Oregon's purpose is to promote uh, business and therefore jobs in the state of Oregon. And so within that, there's, there's, there's numerous, numerous sectors, but there's volunteer positions. And so I serve on two volunteer boards that look at um, getting, uh, that seeing how we can build an entrepreneurial ecosystem in the state of Oregon uh, and get uh, people, business owners, small business owners, uh, the assistance they need and the resources that they need uh, to thrive. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for being involved in those kinds of things. A lot of people uh, uh, aren't doing things like that. And it's cool to see that you are. Uh, so guys, we're actually going to be taking your questions for Chad here live during the show. If you got a question for him, go ahead and get those in the comments below. Uh, we'll be actually asking those uh, near the end of the show as well. Um, but I do want to talk about a few things, kind of set the page, uh, you know, set the story here of who you are, what you do. Uh, we're not going to go into everything we did last time. Again, if you want to see all that, episode eight of season two has all that information. But quick rundown, how did you get started in the banking industry? Um, well, first of all, I, I would like to think that I'm actually not part of the banking industry and that I've, and that is instead that I'm part of the credit union movement and uh, credit unions are cooperatives and uh, built on, on the idea, you know, co-ops used to be something that was very familiar to people, especially uh, in, in farm country. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was, there was a grange in every town and, and everybody uh, was part of a co-op. And, 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 and so uh, that's kind of how credit union started. It's just people getting together and cooperating together in order to, um, in order to reach whatever their goals are. In this case, um, the concept of lower and fewer fees, um, lower interest rates on loans, higher interest rates on savings, by cooperating together and sharing in that profit, as opposed to passing that on to stockholders. Um, and then uh, as a way to give you know their neighbor a helping hand, uh, the ability for those people to get loans um, who need it, and those who are, who are in, in the saving part of their life to be able to put their money somewhere where it does get loaned out to help out their neighbor, but they also get a return on it. So um, that's really the essence of how the credit union start, movement started, was just people helping people. Mm -hmm. 
So the the whole people helping people thing in, in, is for credit unions and banks would be more of a CEO board of directors right. and, and shareholders, right? Yeah. So um, so banks and and banks serve a, a great purpose in our economy, um, and it's good that we have them, uh, especially for large scale uh, business enterprises. Uh, you know that need lots of assets. You know if you're going to build a a new skyscraper it takes a lot of funds and yes. <laughs> uh, your local credit union probably can't finance a new skyscraper in lakeview if you want to put one in <laughs> or probably not the people to talk to so um but aside from that for 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 people uh we do have a board of directors in this case uh, they're elected by the membership and they're volunteers uh, who serve as board members and uh, and then our members serve as our shareholders uh, where banks have stockholders, where people have put money in uh, to stock in order to get a return on that stock, uh, where our members, by putting money in savings, simply re receive those same rewards in the form of lower fees, like I said, and, and better interest rates. So, so the people who, who hold uh, accounts at a credit union are the people who own the credit yes, union, correct? If, if you've, if, yes, all it takes is $5 in a membership savings account, and you're a member. Uh, and every member, no matter how involved you are, one member is one vote um, for the board who then uh, employs the staff to carry out uh, the mission of the credit union. So one member is one vote, uh, no matter how much assets you have, right? Yep. Awesome. So, and again, a lot more of that we talked in that previous episode. We're not going to be going into that here today. But I do want to ask you, what do you think is the favorite, most your most favorite part of your job? Um... Uh, for me personally, it's, uh, it's the staff that I get to work with every day. Um, we've got an awesome team who cares so much about the, about the communities we serve and about our members uh, and the people who live here. And so um, that for me is the best job. I would say it's our members, but they don't let me interact with them very often. <laughs> um, our staff does a better job of, of doing that kind of thing and, and leaving me back behind the spreadsheets. So. Um, my favorite part is is the people I get to see every day and work with and watch them uh, carry out what we're trying to do. Awesome, awesome. Well, guys, we're going to be taking your questions here and asking uh, your questions live here on the show here on Ask Klamath. Uh, now is a great time to get those in because we're going to take our first commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about, well, let's take a preview. Uh, hemp, cannabis, banking, and fraud scams is what we're going to be talking about when we come back. If you've got questions for, for Chad Olney, CEO of Pacific Crest Federal Credit Union, get those in the comments below. We'll be right back in just two minutes. Reds. There are many threads that run through our region. There are churches and schools and little league teams that bring us together and bind us into communities. There are roads and cars. There are houses and jobs and businesses, all woven together to make the fabric of our communities. There are financial threads that are part of that tapestry as well. For over 80 years, it's been our pleasure to be headquartered here providing financial services to generations of our friends and neighbors. From that first savings account, the retirement planning, and all of the cars and houses and groceries in between, we keep your money local, investing it back into our communities, adding more threads to the fabric to make our community stronger. Pacific Crest Federal Credit Union. Find your path. have your car taken to the shop of your choice. So my friend had her car taken to Excel Auto Body because she heard about their reputation for excellent work. They even gave her a written warranty that's good for as long as she owns that car. So Excel Auto Body is a very smart choice. Hi, I'm Rorick, owner of Excel Auto Body. No matter if the damage is minor or major, you'll want to choose us now. So if you are ever in an accident, you'll be ready. And remember, it's your choice what body shop you go to. Choose Excel Auto Body. It's your car, our reputation. Go on through to the other side. Oh, 
Hello friends, Brian Gailey here, Klamath Falls News. Welcome back to Ask Klamath, presented by Pacific Crest Federal Credit Union. If you're just tuning in today, we're talking with Chad Olney, the CEO of Pacific Crest, uh, about a whole lot of different things. But before we get to all that, I do want to thank our sponsor. Actually, I want to thank one of the commercials you just saw there. Monster Max Murder, uh, Lunatic Asylum, it was Murder Manor last year. Lunatic Asylum, you saw that commercial. Uh, it's Halloween season. Halloween is actually tomorrow. This is airing live on October 30th. Uh, there's a lot of them going on. They're actually open tonight if you want to check that out as well. MonsterMaxLunaticAsylum.com. You can learn more. Uh, they're actually open tonight. Uh, so the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday this week. So uh, this section is actually brought to you by Coastal Farm and Ranch. You see their logo there in the corner. Uh, serving you in the Pacific Northwest at 17 locations, including right here in Klamath Falls at 1776 Avalon Street. Since 1963, we're just what the country needs. Coastal Farm and Ranch. Um, so Chad, we talked a little bit about your background, a little bit, a little bit about what uh, credit unions are versus banks. Um, but now we actually want to get into some stuff that's kind of hot topics right now. Yes. And that's kind of what the, the theme of this whole episode is really what the hot topics are in finance. Yes. And one of them right now is hemp and cannabis. Mm -hmm. What's going on? Oh boy. So this could take up a whole episode, but we'll try and keep it shorter than that. Um, so, uh, so we'll start out with suddenly there's all these these fields growing if you go out and drive anywhere just about you can you can see fields of hemp growing and uh it's something that's just you know sprung up out of the out of nowhere um and and where that came from is that uh, both the 2014 and then the 2018 farm bill changed the rules on hemp mm -hmm. uh, and it's basically the same plant as cannabis it's um i won't get into the agricultural side of it because we'll be here all night uh but um it does not contain the same level of thc as cannabis does that's the easy way to separate uh, cannabis or or marijuana plants from hemp plants is just the level of thc in the plant mm -hmm. uh, and hemp itself hemp products like purses uh shirts uh, all of those kind of things have been legal in the united states uh, however it was not legal to grow hemp here. And so we imported it mostly from Canada and China up until recently. And so now it's legal to grow here. And so federally, uh, uh, the federal government passed uh, regulation in that farm bill that made it legal to grow. And then um, it, they also made it legal, basically in doing so, it made it legal to bank it. However, uh, part of the stipulation in that regulation is that each state has to um, create its own regulation around hemp and it has to be approved by the federal government before it's legal to, uh, before it's technically legal to uh, conduct hemp business in that particular state. Uh, it's federally legal, but the state laws haven't caught up yet is basically where we're at. And so it's kind of this political no man's land in a sense. And so this is the, you know, the start of any new industry kind of starts this way. It's kind of awkward and everybody's kind of trying to figure it out. Right. And, uh, you know, it's interesting in the state of Oregon because here uh, recreational marijuana became legal a few years ago, uh, but hemp wasn't. So the THC product was legal and the non-THC or the low THC product was not legal. And so uh, the state of Oregon has, has uh, cannabis regulation in place and has had a program for several years, but, none, but the law is completely silent on hemp. And so we're waiting for, for regulators to figure that out to get federal approval um, to, uh, to make that mainstream business. Uh, in the meantime, uh, it's interesting on the, on the on the federal side, of course, uh, cannabis marijuana is still illegal uh, federally. And so there are two types of financial institutions in the United States, those that are state chartered and those that are federally chartered. And so um, for credit unions, it's really easy to figure out what, you, what it is because it's in the name. If, if there's federal in the name, they're federally chartered. And if it's community uh, or in some cases uh, just credit union uh, in the name, then mm -hmm. it's then it's uh, state chartered. And so as a federally chartered credit union, we can, we, we will be legally able to bank hemp when the regulation's in place, um, fully in place. Um, until then, it's, it's kind of like the Wild West. Uh, and then for uh, cannabis, however, it's still illegal for us to uh, in any way um, 
do business with the with businesses who uh, are involved in that industry. However, if you're a state chartered credit union, uh, the state has passed regulation and it is legal for state chartered credit unions and community banks uh, to explore how they can serve uh, these cannabis related businesses. So. In a long story short, it's very complicated still. Yeah, it's still very complicated. <laughs> um, you know, uh, on we can we can look at one, we can't look at the other, um, but states can look at both. But there's but the state doesn't have a hemp program, but it has a cannabis program. It's it really is the wild west out there. So, what would you suggest if somebody's out there growing and they they're they just sold right. because harvest mm -hmm. just happened? They yeah. sold. They got a whole lot of cash. Right. Should they just come talk to you? Well, how's that going to work? Right. So, uh, on the hemp side, um, they probably don't have a whole lot of cash. They probably are getting a check or 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 something of that nature. Uh, they can come. Um, they could come and talk to us, but all we can do is advise them at this point. There are two credit unions in the state of Oregon that have a fully developed program, uh, but they're getting in, inundated so quickly, and those are both state-chartered credit unions. Mm -hmm. So they were able to start working on this um, several years ago uh, because it's, uh, it's very similar to the cannabis programs that they had to have in place. And so they were able to start working and developing compliance uh, several years ago. So um, the two that are doing it, though, from what I understand, have about a three-month waiting list uh, to be able to to have accounts with them, mm -hmm. um, you know, but you know, and and so that of course makes it challenging for somewhere like Klamath Falls, where there isn't a financial institution here that I'm aware of uh, that you can open an account at now, and uh, so it 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 really is part of a bigger conversation about uh, what is what is going to be the future of hemp in the Klamath Basin. Um, and so that's really looking at everything, any type, you know, we think about uh, ecosystems and how things either survive or don't survive in an ecosystem. Uh, for instance, um, <clears throat> uh, with any crop, if, if, uh, if you have snow in July, you know, the, there's, there's a part of that ecosystem that is, that is going to have an impact on that. Mm -hmm. In the same way, you can end up with very uh, healthy crops through what's happening you know is there sufficient bird population you know to keep the insects down that's part of the you know having healthy crops etc and the same thing with businesses there are things that create healthy ecosystems for different types of businesses and industries and right now uh, all over the u.s in all kinds of agricultural communities hemp is being grown and in some of those communities it's going to be successful and it's going to become a crop that's grown regularly uh, but it's because the ecosystem is developed there that that fully supports it, and so you know those those key components are the suppliers. So you know who do you have access to the seed to grow the crop? Do you have the access to the type of fertilizer? Do you have the right soils? Do you have the right climate? Of course, all of those things. But then somehow you have to get that raw material that comes out of uh, the crop. And you have to get that processed into a final product and get it to market, and um, and so that's all part of that ecosystem where, you know, will processing facilities open up here? Um, will there be banking available here? Um, and will the people who are growing work together and communicate and figure out a way, you know, the best way to do it successfully? For instance, you know, uh, regular old grass. There's places where sod is grown. Uh, and it's very successful, but there's another place where grass is grown to produce seed, mm -hmm. uh, to produce the sod. And so, you know, is there something that the Klamath Basin becomes a specialist in that we end up doing really well, um, that it becomes a crop that, that we continue to have here, uh, or does that ecosystem not develop here in such a way that, that it becomes a, a crop that we continue to grow year after year? So. Uh, time will tell, and it's just a matter of everybody who's involved in the industry uh, working on it uh, and trying to make the right connections, learn from each other, uh, and figure out how how our role should be in that particular crop. So, so just just like some of the uh, the the issues as you were saying, the the snow in July can mm -hmm. affect a crop. 
in 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 the systems that are in place the right. the finance part of things is a very important part of that system right, right? Mm-hmm. yeah it is um and uh and so you know it, you can't just have one entity involved in that there has to be several involved to create an actual system mm-hmm. and so we've been exploring that we've been we've been talking about it seeing uh if if there's a role that we that we can a and b should uh, be playing in that and we're and we're continuing to to work through that process unfortunately uh, we have to work with our regulators on that um, and they move at the speed of government so uh, we're continuing to work on it and 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 hopefully um, if it becomes what's going to be a sustainable industry here we can help support it how long before you anticipate something being worked out to where you will be able to make a decision right um, I <laughs> That's entirely that's entirely outside, uh, not entirely outside of our control, but for for a decent amount, you know, it depends on you know the state will have a short session, um, legislative session in January and February, uh, and some of it will be determined by if they get anything done there and what it looks like, um, and then um, you know that's just <coughs> one of many factors that we're looking at, uh, but we're we're trying to prepare. Uh, to be able to to serve the hemp industry, uh, like I said, if it becomes a via, if it becomes a long term sustainable thing for the Klamath Basin, yeah. um, cannabis, like I said, is completely off the table for us as a federal federally chartered institution. So okay, good to know. Thank you for all that. Uh, in t- continuing our our, uh, our kind of theme for th- this episode being hot topics, fraud. Yes. has been has been a big thing recently you you hear about it all the time in the national level news you see it uh we've reported several cases of the things happening here locally between phone scams and different things right. what what are you guys doing uh actually let's start with what are some of the more common things you guys are seeing that you're having to work against right uh, right now yeah so um one of those things that happens invisibly behind the scenes is how much effort and work that and expense there is that that we um how much we spend on in resources and time in working on um, minimizing uh, fraud losses for our members. And so, um, you know, one of those pieces, of course, the, the, the obvious one is education. Uh, another one is training our staff thoroughly to spot it. Uh, there's a lot of times uh, where the member will come in and things that they will say or do can be red flags that something is going on where they may not be aware of it, um, we break schemes down into several areas. So the, so the first one um, I'll classify as, as, uh, as person-focused mm-hmm. fraud. So a fraudster is focused on, on gleaning money uh, from a person. And so they do that through several methods, and they continue to evolve. It's a new, it's a new scam every week, but the underlying root of it is the same. Uh, the first one of those is relational. So they try and, and uh, defraud somebody through the relationship. Now, um, in the case of, of some people, they will, they will call them uh, and pretend to be a relative um, who's in distress and needs money. Uh, and, and then another one is uh, a remote, remote romantic relationship. So they will go online um, and create f- a fake profile it's commonly referred to as catfishing, uh, where they try and create a relationship with somebody, a romantic relationship, uh, w- through their false identity. And then at some point they have a fake crisis and need help um, with moving, maybe even coming to, to finally meet in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <laughs> they get the person to, to send them money. Um, another one is fear and intimidation. So instead of playing on those romantic feelings, uh, they, their schemes pretending to be the IRS uh, so, or some other arm of the government uh, and saying that you need to go out and buy gift cards and send them to them right now or else uh, you're going to go to jail because there's a warrant out for your arrest. Um, the federal government really doesn't need gift cards. Um, I think they're okay. Uh, so that's another one. And then windfall. So you won this lottery or um, I have money that I need you your help with. So those are those are what we call windfall or sudden influx of cash that they're promising you through something. The Nigerian prince. Yes, the old Niger- Nigerian prince <laughs> scheme. Um, 
it's been around for for a while. But yes, those are so those are kind of the ones where uh, the fraudsters are really going after the person and typically using some type of emotional trigger mm -hmm. to get what they want. Uh, and then uh, there's another one which is identity theft, right? And so in this case, uh, most of the time you never have actual contact with the fraudster. Uh, there are occasions where you do, there's, there's two ways where you actually will have contact with the fraudster. One of those is they will call you or contact you um, pretending to be a trusted service. So they're your financial, they pretend to be your financial institution mm -hmm. um, or, uh, or your insurance company or something like that. And they ask for information that your that that company would already have and would never ask you for, in order to um, in order to get enough information about you that they can then uh, use that to pretend to be you and spend your money. And then, um, but that's the only one where there you may interact with them directly. The other ones um, are that uh, they'll intercept your mail. There's people that'll go around and check your mailbox to see if. There happens to be um, a check in there where they can pretend to be you and then cash that check. Uh, if there's a, if you're getting a new credit or debit card, uh, they'll activate it and use it. Um, and then there's, um, of course, uh, different uh, software, spyware type uh, situations where they're trying to get access to your computer through uh, malicious software in order to. Um, in order to learn your passwords, to you know, to get into your online banking, uh, to get into uh, your Amazon account, or whatever the case may be, mm -hmm. um, and then um, finally, there's card skimming, which doesn't happen a whole lot uh, anymore. But it used to when there was just a mag strip on the back of cards. You would put it in a reader, or you would hand it to somebody, and they they would swipe it through two readers, <laughs> one to actually do the charge you wanted, and one to skim the data off of it. Uh, with chip cards, there's now an algorithm in the chip that uh, changes with every transaction that that um, prevents skimming from being so effective. Instead, uh, what's happening is they're taking the numbers off the front of the card and the CVV off the back, and then they're using those uh, that information to do card not present transactions, which means cards card transactions over the internet. Mm -hmm. So um, you want to. Pay attention to your cards uh, and keep an eye on those. So let's th use an example here uh, and see how this might relate to in, in the banking world itself. <laughs> There's all these different things going on fraud-wise, but right. say say I got hit, two thousand dollars goes out of my account, and, and and I go to the bank and say, ah, I didn't do this; it just disappeared. What what what's my limitations? Am I at risk? Did I did I just lose it all? Because how does that all oh, work? Oh wow. Okay, so that that depends. Um, so, uh, in, it, it, yes, it depends on how that money moved out, first okay. of all. Uh, whether, and then it depends on when it moved out. Uh, there are time frames for reporting it, um, depending on, on how it moved out. There's some transactions that once the money's gone, um, it isn't back. Typically, uh, with cards, there is recourse uh, for you to... Um, have the opportunity to recover those funds, uh, usually fairly simply, and typically um, that expense is not borne. You know, for instance, at the merchant, uh, many times that's borne uh, on on your financial institution, who's ends up actually um, uh, with that cost. Uh, however, you have to go through and and actually create a fraud claim and some other items, so that way we can. <laughs> pursue a remedy in the first place mm -hmm. um, and so it, you know it's better just to try and not end up in that situation at all but if you find yourself in that situation as soon as you find yourself in that situation uh, where or even before if you realize after you get off a phone call um, from somebody that you know I think I gave them information that I shouldn't have given them um, and it was the password to my online banking <laughs> uh, don't wait for the fraud to occur. Uh, call your financial institution and say, hey, um, I think I accidentally gave out information I shouldn't have. Um, and so, and 
and that way things can get remedied before there's ever a problem. But if there is, as soon as you know there's a problem, uh, contact your financial institution uh, so that we can take steps, or whoever it is can take steps, uh, to keep activity from happening. Um, and that's, that's really the, as soon as, the sooner that you start to take preventative measures, um, the better and the easier the process is going to be. Uh, if you let it run, uh, those fraudsters, a lot of times the ones that are stealing your information, aren't actually the ones who are then using that data. They're selling that data online. And so that data can get sold multiple times and can create problems for, for quite a while. So um, it's best to, as soon as you know there's a problem, um, do whatever you can. It, remember, it's, it's typically, you know, it's not your fault that, you know, somebody <laughs> was trying to scam you. Um, but it's really important that you try and, and prevent anything or anything more from happening as soon as possible. And you mentioned it depends on how the money came out mm -hmm. as to whether right. you guys are able to do something or banking, you know, finance institutions are able to do something or right. not. Is there certain transactions that once it's gone, it's gone? There is no way to really recover it? Right. Uh, the answer to that is uh, the, the, one, the one way that if the money's gone, um, the way that the way that the system that, that different money systems work is wires uh, but typically the person no not typically a lot of times people aren't the ones who initiate the wire somebody's trying to fake initiating the what faking to be them in order to initiate the wire but also uh, back to those like romance scams and those personal ones you'll get instructed to send a wire to somebody and uh, typically and a lot of times it's an international wire uh, whether that's Canada or uh, you know, someplace as close as Canada or someplace as far away as, as the other side of the world, um, they'll try and get you to wire those funds because they know there's no way for anyone to come and take those funds back uh, from the account, or it's very, very difficult. Um, and in a matter of minutes, usually they retransfer it once it hits the account, and then you really can't touch it. So, um, but for everything else, uh, you know, there's typically a way to try and to at least make the attempt to recover funds all right lots of good information there a whole lot more we probably have a show just on uh cannabis and, and hemp and, <laughs> and and another one on fraud, fraud itself yes. so lots of stuff there guys we're actually going to be taking a commercial break if you've got a question for chad go ahead and get those in the in the comments below because we're going to be getting to your questions here in just a few minutes but right now we'll be right back in just two minutes threads there are many threads that run through our region there are churches and schools and little league teams that bring us together and bind us into communities. There are roads and cars, there are houses and jobs and businesses, all woven together to make the fabric of our communities. There are financial threads that are part of that tapestry as well. For over 80 years, it's been our pleasure to be headquartered here, providing financial services to generations of our friends and neighbors. From that first savings account, the retirement planning, and all of the cars and houses and groceries in between, we keep your money local, investing it back into our communities, adding more threads to the fabric to make our community stronger. Pacific Crest Federal Credit Union. Find your path. have your car taken to the shop of your choice. So my friend had her car taken to Excel Auto Body because she heard about their reputation for excellent work. They even gave her a written warranty that's good for as long as she owns that car. So Excel Auto Body is a very smart choice. Hi, I'm Rorick, owner of Excel Auto Body. No matter if the damage is minor or major, you'll want to choose us now. So if you are ever in an accident, you'll be ready. And remember, it's your choice what body shop you go to. Choose Excel Auto Body. It's your car, our reputation. Go on through to the other side.
Hello friends, Brian Gailey here, Clown Falls News. Welcome back to Ask Klamath, presented by Pacific Crest Federal Credit Union. Joining us in the studio today is Chad Olney. He is the CEO of Pacific Crest, and we're talking about a whole lot of things involving finance and banking and, 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 and all sorts of things going on. Uh, but before we get back to some questions for Chad, I do want to uh, give a shout out to one of our sponsors. You see the logo there in the corner, the Klamath County Fairgrounds. Uh, this segment's actually brought to you by them, and they want to let you know that happening this weekend, there's actually a couple things you might want to check out. Uh, Friday through Sunday, November 1st through 3rd, is the Arts and Crafts Fair happening over there at the fairgrounds. We're getting into the holiday season. It is that time, um, and that's it, it's coming this weekend, Arts and Crafts Fair. Also, Saturday the 2nd, Racing in the Basin is back in the house, uh, where they're going to be doing a whole bunch of stuff over there in the Stillwell Arena. So you're going to want to check out those two things. Uh, and the fairgrounds does a lot. You know, they got a lot going on. If you want to see what they can do for you and what else is happening, head over to kcfairgrounds.org, kcfairgrounds.org. Thanks, Klamath County Fairgrounds, for being a sponsor of this show. Um, and I do see a lot of questions coming in, and I do appreciate that. We're going to be getting to those questions here in just a few minutes. So thank you, everybody, that's getting a question in. Um, and, Chrissy, you got a very long one there. Uh, first off, I am sorry to see all that. Uh, we probably won't be discussing all that in its entirety at this point, but... Um, I hope everything will be okay there. Um, so one of the hot topics, as we were saying, is kind of the theme for this episode. We've already talked on, on a couple already. Uh, housing is, yes. a, is a super hot topic right now. And maybe I should say the lack of housing is the hot topic. Um, how are you guys affected with that? Is that affecting lending at all on houses? Right. Well, it, it certainly affects our members, right? Uh, you know, we have seen... I was just reading a study this week that was done by uh, Freddie, that was put up, published by Freddie Mac, which is the one of the federal uh, home lenders. And so since uh, 1960, uh, on average, between then and now, the uh, home prices have risen four times faster than incomes. And then uh, rental costs have risen three times faster than incomes. And so everybody is, is feeling the squeeze and housing is more expensive and less affordable than it used to be, mm -hmm. even adjusted for interest rate changes. So, um, you know, that creates challenges that, that we, we try and find ways to meet. And then, and then locally, you know, obviously uh, we have a housing shortage here and in the supply and demand market, um, when there's a lack of supply uh, or and, and increasing demand, then prices go up. And so we've certainly seen that here. Uh, the availability of rentals is really low. Creates a lot of challenges for people um, who are already here, people who are trying to move here, uh, for uh, the airmen uh, that are coming in to work on base for a period of time. It creates challenges you know, all, all over our community. So, uh, and not just us, there's a, there's a whole bunch of people in, this, in the area that are working on this. And I kind of relate it back to, you know, why is it more of a struggle here than to get new housing built than it, than it is in other places? I mean, Ben's been building thousands of units and, mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. And really, I, I call it the Bend and Boise effect, but that's just my own term for it. And that is, is that those markets and those economies started to pick up sooner than ours in, the, in, in construction and home building. And so what happened is uh, the labor force that was here some of them said, gee, it's really hard for me to get year-round work uh, framing houses here, but they're doing it in Bend or Boise, and I'm going to move there and take that job because I can work year-round doing it. And so uh, we ended up with a, a little bit of a shortage of supply of skilled labor in those particular sectors that help with construction. And, um, you know, KCC is working on addressing that. Um, we're looking at ways to finance and develop more land as a community around here. Um, you know, Casita's working on that. Um, I, others, I won't get into the credits. But anyway, it's kind of a community effort mm -hmm. to say, okay, how do we uh, get more housing here and keep it affordable uh, for uh, the people who live in the Klamath Basin? And so it really is a community effort and um, any of those agencies that I pointed out, or myself, if there's any feedback or things that we can do or things that you're seeing, uh, we would we would love um, to have new ideas. Uh, you know, one of those things is traditionally Pacific Crest for a long time 
didn't offer construction loans and we do have a construction loan program now and um, and we're looking at a lot of different ways like I said that we can w that we can help get development ha happening here as far as enough housing to meet the need now you said you're you have a new construction loan program mm -hmm. is are you issuing many of those uh, loans no um, like I said traditionally it hasn't been uh, something that we've offered so most people well first of all most people don't realize that that uh, that credit unions do home loans and so I think the, f the first thing is is just to realize that uh, that your credit union uh, does mortgages and um, it's a good place to look for one and then secondly um, is the is the construction loan piece of that so it's we haven't traditionally offered those so even people who have gotten uh, other types of home loans from us we didn't have that product and so mm -hmm. there's just a lack of awareness that it's available so um, so that being said we haven't done a whole lot of them and once again the challenge is uh, even if you're ready to build finding a contractor that has the time and the manpower to do it uh, finding buildable lots that are ready for to be built right. um, is a challenge and so um, it's there aren't as many housing starts as we need in the community and and there's a number of factors in that so I would like to see more this I guess I'm not satisfied with the number of housing starts we're seeing but um, but we're working on it I think that's that's general across the board is, yeah. is we'd like to see more construction whether it be houses or businesses or whatever it might be uh, you know the general consistency of people I've ever I've dealt with has always been saying where where why why not why is you know how do we get more how do we develop more uh, and I do know that there's like you mentioned some of those organizations are looking to solutions uh, Commissioner Morris was actually on the show last week talking about a solution where they're trying to do a trades uh, thing maybe the the cost of entry has become too high mm -hmm. and there's a program they're working on to help with that cost of entry so right. you know there's a lot of people have uh, the I the, the problem has been identified and a lot of solutions have been pitched mm -hmm. and i think we're at the point right now where we're just trying to find what sticks yep right so um very interesting stuff there and and you mentioned that uh just just stopping for a second here going back that what loans do you guys offer your credit union that maybe people don't realize right. well obviously um mortgages mortgage loans home different type of home loan products is probably the biggest one uh, just about everybody who's financed a car at some point has financed one with the credit union. Uh, it's kind of credit union's bread and butter. But uh, we do have one of those things that people don't think about is what we call personal loans, which is a loan for whatever the need is. Uh, for instance, uh, you know, if you need to finance a new set of tires um, or have um, that sudden appliance failure. Uh, those type of things typically you can get a much lower rate on a personal loan at a credit union than you can by financing um, that uh, that particular item uh, through the financing company that's provided by whoever it is that's selling that product so it's something to look at and keep in mind and kind of keep in your back pocket um, the other one for uh, credit unions are uh, that are our size don't typically do a lot of but we do a good a fair amount of uh, certainly more than most credit unions our size is commercial lending and so um, that's that's uh, lending to two businesses and to uh, agricultural producers and um, that's a program that's growing uh, very quickly for us nice what about like student loans uh, we don't have a student loan program currently uh, and that that could be a whole episode in itself <laughs> on on how to pay for college uh, what are the best tools you know what are the best uh, type of loans to get there you know the, the simple answer is that um, you know the government uh, guarantee loans uh, are typically the way to go because those are at a lower interest rate because of that of that backing um, and so the the large providers, there's only a few of them in the U.S. that do those. Um, they know that no matter what, they're not going to lose, and so they're able to do those at a lower interest rate. Okay. Um, so if somebody's looking for information on loans, what you guys offer, where can they go to get that? So they can go to our website, of course. Uh, but uh, I always 
and 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 we now have an online loan application that's a whole lot simpler than our old one. We used to have one that was a whole lot of questions, and we've really simplified it. I'm really excited about it. We just launched it this week, as a matter of fact. Nice. And so uh, that's one way. Another way uh, is over the phone. Uh, you don't have to come in and fill out a paper application anymore. Um, you can just give us a call uh, for consumer loans, in other words, cars, uh, um, personal loans. We do uh, consumer equipment, so if you need a snowplow, uh, we do those too. You can do all of those over the phone. If you need a if you need a mortgage, you need to actually talk to somebody. Those are um, there's a whole lot of regulation around those that creates uh, mountains and mountains of paperwork. Uh, no matter who you go through, uh, <laughs> the uh, if if you go through one of those online places, believe it or not, you still got to do all the same stuff. So. Um, you can't just get a, a, an answer no, in 90 seconds? Well, you may get an, you, it's a, what we call a qualified answer. So <laughs> it's a yes, but, or yes, if. So um, <laughs> uh, it's great when you can have somebody to talk to, you can really talk through the, all the options for you, and you can learn what's out there as opposed to an algorithm deciding for you. Well, very good. What's so, your website again? Uh, mypcfcu.org. I said my, that really fast. Mypcfcu.org. Yes. All right. Well, guys, we're going to take our last commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, some Federal Reserve stuff that happened today. We'll be right back in just two minutes. Threads. There are many threads that run through our region. There are churches and schools and Little League teams that bring us together and bind us into communities. There are roads and cars. There are houses and jobs and businesses, all woven together to make the fabric of our communities. There are financial threads that are part of that tapestry as well. For over 80 years, it's been our pleasure to be headquartered here, providing financial services to generations of our friends and neighbors. From that first savings account, to retirement planning, and all of the cars and houses and groceries in between, we keep your money local, investing it back into our communities, adding more threads to the fabric to make our community stronger. Pacific Crest Federal Credit Union. Find your path. You can have your car taken to the shop of your choice. So my friend had her car taken to Excel Auto Body because she heard about their reputation for excellent work. They even gave her a written warranty that's good for as long as she owns that car. So Excel Auto Body is a very smart choice. Hi, I'm Rorick, owner of Excel Auto Body. No matter if the damage is minor or major, you'll want to choose us now. So if you are ever in an accident, you'll be ready. And remember, it's your choice what body shop you go to. Choose Excel Auto Body. It's your car, our reputation. Go on through to the other side. Hello, friends. Brian Gailey here, Clam Falls News. Welcome back to Ask Klamath, presented by Pacific Crest Federal Credit Union. Joining us today in studio is Chad Olney, the CEO of Pacific Crest Federal Credit Union. Uh, we've been talking about a whole lot of different things. We're actually going to be talking about some stuff that happened at the feds today and interest rates here in just a moment. But before we do, uh, you see them on the screen there. Ace Towing is our section sponsor for this this part. Um, they've been great partners of us here at Klamath Falls News. We want to thank them very much for doing that. But they want to remind you that they're out there to help you in, when you need them the most. If you if you locked out of your car, if you need a jump start, you ran out of fuel, uh, heaven forbid, collision towing, they're there to help you out. Put the number that's on the screen in your phone so that you have it when you need it. It's 541-884-9388. 541-884-9388. Ace Towing is there to help you when you need them the most. They also remind you to please slow down and move over anytime you see any emergency personnel on the side of the road, uh, and that does include uh, tow trucks as well. So guys, uh, again, 541-884-9388. Ace Towing, there to help you when you need them. Uh, so Chad, this section is what we call the soapbox, and I think we already know what's what's on your soapbox today. You actually wanted to talk a bit about uh, the Federal Reserve and and what's going on over there, right? Yeah. So uh, the the Fed cut rates for the for their third consecutive time uh, by another twenty five basis points, we call them, or 
0.25%. And, um, and really, you know, what does that mean to, um, to our, our wallets as, as individuals out here in Oregon versus uh, where these decisions are getting made? And there's not a direct correlation. Like, things don't automatically move that quarter of a percent tonight. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a whole lot of factors in the market that help determine that. But the place where consumers, uh, where individuals will, will really start to see the difference is on things that have an adjustable rate that they currently have. If they currently have a balance on a credit card where that rate is tied to Prime or some, or some other uh, rate, it's very possible that, that they'll see a little bit easing in their payment uh, from that. And then uh, new loan rates. There will probably see a little softening in, in mortgage rates, so it might be a good time to refinance if, if somebody purchased um, you know, last year or, or before. There may be opportunity there to, to reduce rate long-term on mortgage loans. And so I really encourage everybody, um, no matter where, you, where you're at, that you, you take a look at that. Um, you know, typically what we see, and I'm not an economist, uh, but I listen to them, and uh, economists say that the Fed really does not like making changes during an election year. And so we're getting really close to an election year. And so um, if we look at historically, the, the, the Fed's likely to be less active next year than they were this year, unless really strange things happen in the economy. But as a general rule, that seems to be what the economists say. Right, because they don't want to have any influence. Right, right yeah, they don't want to do anything to, to appear to be influencing the election in any way so they they try and and stay out of it and then um you know and then for us uh, directly you know we'll we'll be looking at our rates uh and probably you know we're, we're likely to have some changes next week based on this um so uh stay tuned for that <laughs> and then uh, you know but i think the main thing is is that the rate cut is what gets all of the publicity, but it's not the only lever that the Fed pulls. Uh, they have another one that actually has a lot bigger influence, and that is the availability of cash in the market. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's supply and demand. So rates will, will go up on deposits and, and, and on loans when there's less money available. So basically what the Fed does is they buy uh, billions of dollars at a time in securities uh, from the market and when they do that that puts cash into the market because they bought them and with that money and so that puts cash back in and if they sell those securities they're taking cash out of the market and so what they've been doing there actually has more of an influence probably on rates um, in the current environment than uh, actually trimming rates so it's it's um, it's something that you know doesn't get the headlines but it's if you really want to if you really wonder why it, you know, it, there's no direct correlation between they cut a rate a quarter of a percent, why didn't my rate go down a quarter percent? It's because there are other things that they're doing as well. Mm -hmm. And isn't it also, correct me if I'm wrong, right, but the Federal Reserve is, is the ones who's actually getting the money out to the banks themselves, right? That's kind of what they borrow on? Yeah, so, uh, yes. Um, if you're... If, if you're really big, then you'll be more direct um, than if you're smaller. Um, there's, there's, there's other sources, uh, f like Federal Home Loan Bank, which has a similar name, mm -hmm. um, as opposed to Federal Reserve Bank. There's, there's different parts of things out there that are part of the economic system an ecosystem out there and so um so yes and it, it's their target rate it's not a absolute their target is to keep overnight money uh at wherever it is within this range and so they just cut the target range and it doesn't actually automatically move the interest rate at the federal level everywhere sounds extremely complicated it is <laughs> <laughs> all right well with that we're going to take a look at some questions but Facebook changed the way they do things, and I'm not seeing the questions uh, as they were. So I'm going to actually ask Sam to help us out over here because uh, I know we got quite a bit of questions here tonight. Um, but again, I'm not seeing them. So, Sam, what do we have? Brandon Christopher Russ says, Does his bank offer merchant service accounts? So, Brandon Rust, I don't know if you're hearing Sam or not, but we're going to re ask the question. Brandon Rust is asking, 
does Pacific Crest offer merchant accounts? Yes. So we, we do have, uh, we, yes, we do offer merchant services. Okay. And come in and talk in person to learn more? That would be the way to go. Um, those, not quite as complicated as the Federal Reserve System, <laughs> but uh, it is something that's a whole lot better to do in person and has a whole lot more value. Um, and that's that's really what makes us different is is the relationship. We want to talk to you and find out really what your needs are and not just prescribe you um, whatever the most convenient thing is, but but really see what your needs are and how we can meet them. Okay. What else do we have, Sam? Josh White asks, what about Pacific Crest sets it apart from the other credit unions available in Klamath? So Josh White's asking, what makes you different than the other credit unions in Klamath Falls? All right. It's a great question. Um, so there are two credit unions that are headquartered in Klamath Falls, and uh, that is that is of course Pacific Crest, and also Klamath Public Employees Credit Union. And there are two different types of credit unions. Uh, Klamath Public Employees um, has well, I should back up to the difference between one of the differences between banks and credit unions. So if you open a bank in the United States, you can serve anybody who lives here. Mm -hmm. uh, for credit unions, we are chartered to serve a specific group of people or a specific geographic area. And so we're really much more focused on the people within that area. So in our case, um, and, and their needs, and, and they really are different. Um, and so the bigger you are as a, as a credit union or, the, or a bank for that matter, the more generic you have to make your products and services to serve a broader audience instead of really trying to fine tune and create the better, biggest benefit for, for the way that people live in a certain area. And so in the case of the other credit unions, uh, Klamath Public Employees is also very local and headquartered here and serves this area. Um, and, and so we are much more hyper-focused on that. That being said, that doesn't mean that we have limited scope of services. The nation's largest retail bank has about 17,000 ATMs that, that their customers can, that they own, that their customers can then use without a fee. Um, credit unions, we cooperate together because we care about our members and doing what's right for them. So we work with other credit unions. And there's a whole bunch of credit unions together have that share ATMs. So um, access and we allow our mem their members to use ours and ours to use their ATMs. And so there's about 30,000 ATMs or twice the almost twice the number available through a bank available uh, fee-free in the US and so um, just because we're focused on building products and services or relationships here uh, we also have a broad scope of what's available um, and in, in some cases because we cooperate together uh, more resources available very good uh, Sam we actually have time for one more question what, what, what's the next one we have Yes. Okay. Um, so credit reporting agencies. So there are three predominantly well-known credit, widely used credit reporting agencies in the United States. And they're just, they're, um, they gather and aggregate data. And then they analyze that data and provide scoring. And each, each credit union bureau can have multiple ways that they analyze um, in order to score. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so yes, there's, it's, it's one of those systems where it would be nice if there was standardization. Uh, they're for-profit companies, uh, who are all trying to come up with what they tout as the most accurate way to give the best prediction. Um, and so they continue to come out with new models. And so you end up with multiple, multiple types of credit scores. Uh, and as far as which ones we use, uh, the answer is it depends. It depends on, um, on the product because a lot of those scoring models are based on what it is, what type of product the person is applying for, believe it or not. So there are auto scores mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, and so those differ from other scores. So we, we have to use a variety of, of, of models depending on what we're trying to do. Long story short, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I can't give a super direct answer on that. All right. Well, I do know there's more questions and comments there, but we are out of time. I want to thank, uh, thank you, Chad, for being here on our show. Always a uh, pleasure. It's great to have you on, uh, and look forward to the next time that we can have you on as well. Um, so...
get my notes here. Um, wow, I, Facebook quit working over here for me, and I get flustered. Um, so you guys, I want to thank you also as as well. You've been watching, you've been helping out, you've been you are the reason we're doing this show. We're here. This is actually our 49th episode. It's the end of season five. Uh, and 49 in, I can't believe it. It's been amazing. Uh, Chad's been on uh, once again. We had a couple people on that were uh, a couple different times in, in the course of this process. But it's awesome. Thank you, everybody out there, for your questions, comments, uh, and keeping Ask Klamath alive. Um, and, and a quick side note before we got started here. Uh, Chad has uh, Pacific Crest has been a wonderful sponsor of ours, and they've and they've said they're coming back. So we're we're happy to have that as well. So thank you. Uh, Ask Climate is a production of Climate Falls News, hosted by myself, Brian Geely. Off camera, our show producer is Samantha. She's over there doing her thing. Um, you can't flip the screen over there. She doesn't have it turned on today. It's okay. If you didn't catch the entire live broadcast, that's all right as well. As soon as Facebook's done doing its magic, you can rewatch anytime right here on our page. You can also head over to AskClimate.com where you can watch any of our previous episodes over there as well. If you've liked, if you've entertained. <laughs> If you've if we've entertained you, wow! I am just all sorts of messed up here. It is season finale. We're, we're ready for a break. If you haven't been able to tell, uh, if we've entertained you, if you've learned something, if you've liked what we've done, like, comment, share. You know what to do with the show. Uh, let your friends know as well. Uh, so our next season will be season six. We'll be back November thirteenth. We're going to take next week off. I hope everybody's having a great Halloween tomorrow. Stay safe out there. On behalf of my guest Chad Olney, CEO Pacific Crest Federal Credit Union, I'm Brian Gailey. Guys, we will see you around the basin. Good night.